Hello and welcome to the latest exciting instalment of the podcast. I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And Sam. Hello. Gentlemen, it's been a while. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. I've got the windows open because it's hot, so if it gets too noisy, let me know and I'll close them. I've got mine open as well, actually. Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got mine open. It's I, I too hot. It with the noise. <laughs> <laughs> and I live on a main road, so it could get a bit, a bit noisy. But guys, I thought we'd just have like a generic chat about Doctor Who. Oh, hang on. Well, before that, Chris, are you all right? We never got your answer. Oh, we didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. Just, to, you know, I think I've only had like two days where I've had nothing. I've done nothing. We've been moved into a new, you know, a new home. And I've literally for the past week done everything. Like every day has been either packing, unpacking, boxing, unboxing or assembling furniture, um, which yesterday had today neither i thought we'd just have like a generic chat about doctor who there's been a lot going on in fandom recently there's been a lot going on in terms of the show some news dropped this week rumored about ollie alexandra being the 14th doctor and i just wanted to get your guys's opinion on what you think about him as a potential actor or somebody that could take on the role first of all i was wondering is there can you, do you know any more that's been going on recently? Because it just seems to me, and there'll probably be loads more by the time this goes out, that loads of stuff has happened. And I tried to do a bit of a kind of a catch up. So to me, people are making rumours about Jude, uh, who's going to replace Jodie, but Jodie hasn't officially left yet. There's yet. a few rumours of how the series format's going to go. Because I know obviously that like a lot of series, there's been this longer break because of COVID and COVID filming restrictions and all that. And I know, Martin, I think you have some information on that, which I'm sure you'll talk about in a bit. And yeah. then there's also this Ollie Alexandra thing. There's now also some classic Who stuff happening. So I see they've been working on a new Blu-ray release because I've seen they were shooting for a documentary or something. And also there's a new animation coming out of Evil of the Daleks. Yeah, I'm looking forward finally, to that one they've been sitting on for a while and sort of let people stew on. I don't know why. We all sort of <laughs> suspected it was coming and now they just went, Evil of the Daleks is coming out. It it looks, well, there's actually a couple of animations. Uh, they're releasing the Web of Fear as well, but the animation looks like a, a very early PlayStation cutscene sort of thing. It looks quite horrific. Yeah, um, that one, I saw that and, clip. Is that the one with the Brigadier in it? Yeah. It looked like, like Thomas the Tank Engine. You know when they had the uh, Thomas the Tank Engine? It, it looked like them. They kind of like were very, it was odd, very strange. But the, the Evil of the Daleks one looked great. Because mm, I think it's just, it's just by the same people who did Power, Macra, Faceless ones. Mm. So there's that consistency there. But I don't know what they were attempting with the Web of Fear one. It just sort of, I'm watching it and sort of, just confusion. I know they're trying to make it more animated and so on, but it just seems so... Weird. I don't think they're ready to jump into 3D just yet. I mean, but uh, anyway, to be honest, there's been so much going on in, in terms of like, just because I see some uproar <laughs> every freaking day, I sort of scroll through and I, I just go on there every day and go, oh, what are they on about now? Oh, God. Okay. I, I've right. actually muted the words Doctor Who. Because, <laughs> so have I. Yeah. <laughs> So have I. I, I get my updates from Martin, which I always appreciate, apart from in the middle of the England-Germany game. Uh, this thing, like, <laughs> I was doing I that because I knew it would annoy you. I bet you would, because I was getting <laughs> these things coming through from Derek. I'll get Kane off. Kane's not playing right. Oh, the system doesn't work, or Kane doesn't work. Did you hear that the next series is going to be uh, split into... Uh... I was like, what the fuck? What? 
Not now, Martin. Uh, so yeah. what was that then, Martin? So what's what's that situation at the moment and in, the, in regards to the production? So you, is right. there rumours that it's going to stop after the 60th anniversary for a while? Well, what what Chris Chibnall said a couple of months ago is that COVID has affected it, so they would hope to get eight episodes out. And people have taken that to mean that there's going to be eight episodes for Series 13, and then I think the BBC announced that Jodie Whittaker was doing two specials. And people think that we're now getting 10 episodes of Jodie Whittaker. But it seems to be a bit confusion of confusion whether it's six episodes for series 13 and then two episodes are hanging back to be the specials or if it's eight episodes and then two specials. But the reason the Oli Alexandra thing is interesting is I tweeted about it and a lot of people have been talking about it and... I got contacted by somebody who works for BBC Wales and this person has steered me right before. They told me six months before it was announced that Benedict Cumberbatch wouldn't be free to do Sherlock because he'd been cast as Doctor Strange. And then six months later it was revealed. This person told me that RTD was leaving and the Moffat was going to take over and that happened. They've just, they've basically just steered me right. I don't, I'm going to use like they, them pronouns because I don't want to make it obvious who this person is. They said that although they've not been officially told that the series is ending at the end of Jodie Whittaker's run, that is the general feeling on set. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of smoke around that not to be a fire. There was something I heard someone told me the other day, but I've not been able to see any source on it. So I'm sort of shrugged that off as well. Was that he that she is staying? But most of the smoke seems to be coming around this, the fire that she's definitely going and that the show will be ended. But to be honest, it's been on decline for the last sort of seven years. And, you know, I think a show shouldn't go on this long. No, it's, uh, it's you, you know it's. To be honest, I, I I was quite disappointed in the set. I was half disappointed and also partly relieved. Relieved in the sense that this now meant that all the tantruming people online will now have <laughs> something else to talk about. They you know they'll find uproar in something else instead of rather just uh, you know just because I sort of look at it like you know a parent or looking at two kids squabbling over a toy. You just take the toy away because this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it's just it's just this stupid childish bickering between people who like something and people who don't like something and I kind of would be fine if they took the show off but the problem with that is you do have it then fuels the you know the not my doctor lot and the people who are against it basically you would cheer that sort of thing or you know or use that as a big example say well Jodie killed the show and so on which I think is wrong and I feel sorry mm. for Jodie in a sense because she didn't kill the show the writing did yep. and I, I'm, I will say I don't like Chibnall's writing and mm. uh, you know, and I and you know, I think that, and then I just find that it's very lackluster. There's no, there's no substance to it. It's very, it's almost like watching a very shit cartoon most of the time. And it's, it never done. The payoffs do not work, and it's quite cringy. And you can see why people are just going, "Nah, sod this. Oh, I'll, I'll stick to mm. watching the classics or something." What's Big Finish doing? I'm going to listen to that instead. I think you're right there. I mean, and it is a shame for for, for Jodie Whittaker in the same way that you know, unfairly for a long time. And I don't think people see it that way now. Luckily, thanks to the new series that Sylvester McCoy was blamed for a long time. For yeah. Whereas, whereas actually he's probably one of the most fame, uh, most popular classic series doctors. He's a very popular actor who's, who's been in the role. And it's, it's unfair. You're right. And the, the same thing that just, and it isn't always just 
one thing it can be a, a matter of things you know you, you think about doctor in the late 80s essentially the bbc weren't behind it they thought it was losing money you had a director who didn't like it and ultimately wasn't even in the bad like if you look at it as a drama when it where it ended was in a really good place like series 26 is is pretty good yeah. and the act, the acting changes it gets a bit more adult the production goes up in value i, lo- I love the way that the production they go but you know what we can't afford to do star wars we can't do space things so we're going to go to an old house and just film it here and this is gonna this is enough sort of thing you know they prepare a yeah yeah, and it, it completely <laughs> yeah. makes sense. And it's like, so I, I, I feel, you know, that these things happen. But you're completely right, Chris, when you say, especially in the modern day, a series should not go on this long. And I kind of feel sorry for the show kind of being stuck in the format of the classic series that when series one ended, even in 2005, I thought, well, this is, you know, this is modern. This yeah. is modern telly. They can't come back in a year's time. They'll probably leave it two years, like you would with any other sort of BBC drama. You've got things like Line of Duty will do a series, then not come back for two years, then they'll probably come back in two years' time and three years after that and so long. And, you know, you get that with a lot of dramas um, and series, whether it be Netflix, BBC, ITV, whatever. But bless it, Doctor Who is expected to be there not only every year, but every Christmas as well. It's like, they just like more, 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 give us more, give us more, give us more. And it must be a hard thing to keep up. And eventually, if you're putting something out year on year out with a Christmas special as well and with the history it's got and with the kind of expectation from fans it's you're absolutely right it's going to burn out eventually and unfortunately it's done that for seven years like you said Peter Capaldi famously did say that it felt like being in a factory you know where they had to churn it out and get it out and so on so but then you've got the other side is you know if they took it like they have done with Jody Whitaker's ones is they've taken breaks because well COVID I'll excuse COVID because COVID is you know disrupted yeah, everything yeah. but you know it was such a long t- uh, while between C between series eleven and twelve and you know people weren't that interested in watching them. Mm. You know, it, so it's not that it's not that line of duty where you go, oh my god, the new line of duty is coming out, or the new Sherlock yeah. for some reason. People were like they could wait two, three years, and then it comes on and goes, oh, I've got to watch this. I'm going to have to watch this. I'm really looking forward to it. But Doctor Who hasn't had that for the last couple of years. Contrary to, I know people, there are people who do enjoy it, but the majority of people don't. There, and that is evident, not just in like you know viewing styles and things, but there is a lot of lot. I, it's quite a common consensus that it's just not meeting everyone's taste and it's not attracting many new people either it's stuck in that sort of yeah it's like yeah okay we could do it's on the other end we won't exhaust our actors we'll churn out a series every couple of years but they're not getting it's not really you know it's not brought back enough viewers it's not brought back enough money for it to justify it which is which is a which is a shame that's another rumor that's going around apparently i can't remember her last name but the head of drama is called priscilla for bbc wales and she fell asleep during the screening of the last special she hates that doctor who takes up an entire studio and it's barely filming. And well, you can kind of... Yeah. I was thinking about this just now. You take probably the most popular series that's been on the BBC in the last couple of years, and it's been Line of Duty, right? Yeah. And Line of Duty, I think, out more so than Doctor Who, outsources from other places. I think ITV Studios even filmed for them, and they shoot yeah. in Northern Ireland. That is, at the very most, a series had seven episodes. You think Doctor Who's up to like 10, 12, 13, and... I feel like whoever made the decision to make it a long series come 2005 
I think Britain was trying to be like American shows, doing these mm. 45 minute, 50 minute episodes and doing them for long series. Yeah, yeah. And I think then they made the mistake of around kind of maybe 2010, 2011, they went for qu- uh, quantity over quality. And I feel that's where Chibnall's maybe suffered, that he might have a really good idea for two, three episodes. A bit like you were saying just now, Chris, great, great um example was Sherlock you gave where that would appear every other year maybe once every three years and they'd only have three episodes but they'd put so much into them that people were excited to see them with this he might have had an idea now suddenly it's like now you've got to pad this out for 10 episodes and 11 episodes 12 episodes maybe and a Christmas special and I just think you, you wouldn't be surprised if the, the amount of money that must go into it and they must not get that much back in return and I, I, I don't think you'd get that with any series if you made Line of Duty 12 episodes in a Christmas special year on year out they'd, they'd suffer they'd run out of people to accuse of being H <laughs> they'd run out of storyline they'd run out of steam and you know and it really it's it's unfortunate and I do think that maybe a change should have been made a little while back and gone alright maybe we can't be doing this every year for 12 episodes that's maybe cut it back down i think it was christopher eccleston said in his first series he said i was you know they were saying oh you're only staying for one series he goes but but look look, this is a british production doing this this isn't hollywood this isn't hbo in america this is little bbc who normally do six episodes half an hour for a series they've done 13 he says he says really if you take the time into account i've done two and a half series of a british of a british show so you know i think he was always very critical of how the production team were treated because I think it was essentially a small little, you know, publicly run BBC trying to do something that the Americans have been doing on yeah. multi-million dollars for years. And I do feel a bit sorry. And it's, it's like you said, it's it's burnt out and it's no surprise it's been burnt out. And if you're suddenly the, the head of drama at the BBC and you turn up and you see this show that's being run into the ground and, and they probably do need a full studio, but it's been running to the ground so much time's got into it. It's a no brainer. You could probably get two or three shows. If you pulled Dr. Who, yeah. you probably get two, three more dramas. There are shows that will generate what they need. And that is, you know, like the, and their focus at the moment, they will always have a need for a strictly set or something mm. like that. You know, they're always going to need that every year and so on and other shows and so on. But then that, but with Doctor Who, if it's spacing out over this point and you're not getting much in return from it, especially in terms of viewership, mm. and I know people say the yeah, viewing habits have changed, but it's still quite a worrying concern. The viewing figures are down to about four million, whereas the main other shows on the average is about six. Yeah. You know, on a if it's a decent drama, it's about six at, at least going up, and uh, you know, Line of Duty gets about ten to eleven. Mm. You know, on an average, it's so there has there is something there. I I, I know this. It's not something. I, I it's not. I don't want the show to particularly fail. But I'm also have you know I followed it enough to go to even come to the decision. I don't really want to follow it anymore because it's just not that interesting to me anymore. I love the old ones and I will always cherish the old ones. I'll rewatch the old ones and so on. But. The new ones aren't my, aren't my cup of tea and I can call it a day. But then I sort of think, you know, it came back in 2005. We're in 2021. and this 18 series years. Might come out. Yeah. yeah, 18 it's years. It's a long this, time. It's a good this run. series might... Yeah, yeah might great make, run. And- that's, that's impressive, you know. Mm. And those should, rarely shows manage that anyway. But it's, you know, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to say, right, well, it's had its day, which it has. 
It might be rebooted in some years' time. Oh, it might yeah. always do. You know, Star oh, Trek has so. got more shows now than it did before. You know, it's all coming. Everything does come around again. We live in a society where they remake <clears throat> things that you would think, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so Doctor Who, you know, will probably have a place there. And the torch is always carried along by Big Finish and fans. Unless yeah. The studio shut them down. <laughs> you know? No, I think it's it's. I think it's a shame. I, well, I would say, though, I would have preferred them to have focused, going back to what you said earlier, about having, you know, like, Sherlock only has three episodes. Well, I think we mentioned on, like, WhatsApp, but rather than just focus on doing a whole series, I would have, like, you know, just focus on doing a few specials. You mm. know, like David Tennant's one, Space 3 out in the year. Or you know, and you've yeah. got you, and you've got yourself. You know, everyone focuses on these like three stories or something, and then when they put it out, everyone's like, "Oh, this is event TV. I've got to watch the new Doctor Who that's coming out." Yeah, um, it works yeah. for only fools and horses. I don't see why it can't mm. work for Doctor Who, and uh, also with the sort of hour or hour and a half length works perfectly yeah i think that that's the obvious spot on there i think that would have been a perfect way to have moved it if they were if they were struggling with it you're right a bit like they did with the tenant series you put one on christmas day christmas day new year's day mm. one at easter maybe one in the autumn and then you got you know make them maybe two hours an episode or something yeah. and it's, it's just something to look forward to and it is it will feel more event because mm. i mean something you said similar there that that kind of I just had to look this up is that you said that it didn't they say that the series was was dwindling down to sort of four million yeah. viewers was it yeah um, four, that's, four million definitely on an overnight yeah on an overnight and and the thing is is that you think how much it costs to make that show yeah. and then you look at Love Island which is getting three point five million overnights and that show is ridiculously cheap to make. And yeah, yeah, I mean, even yeah. the people on it are disposable, as we've seen from the last <laughs> yeah, few years. Yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> if you, you gotta if you're the head of drama and you're looking at a load of trash on one channel getting three point six million viewers, and then you look at something that your production team and what you're responsible for is getting four million. And yet, I absolutely agree that you know the way people have watched have changed. And I get that. You know, people do catch up on iPlayer. I think I watched all of the last series uh, episodes on iPlayer. Still, for the amount of money they're throwing at it. It, it can't it's not in a safe place to do that it needs to be it needs yeah. to be up there with like you said line of duty and things like that and and i agree as well you know if, if it does end it's not the end you know it doesn't mean suddenly everything's good if you if, if, if it, i thought people i think are really panicking and i think people maybe were a little bit dramatic about the series ending in the first place in the 80s i mean ultimately i think a lot of people probably thought when it ended in the 80s yes it was a shame that it went and it had potential as we saw with the new series to be to be brilliant but it was its time had come in the 80s it couldn't keep up with yeah you know you only have to look at what cbbc were doing in the mid 90s and that was better than what the the flagship yeah. show was doing in the late 80s. And had it not ended there, we would never have had the new series in 2005. So no. if it does end for the 60th anniversary, I have no doubt that it will come back maybe a few years down the line and, you know, have such yeah. a history to it and or a movie, who knows? But I don't think it will be, it'll ever, never be dead, I don't think, like you said, with things like Star Trek. There's enough of a fandom out there for it to take a rest for a long time and then come back bigger and stronger than ever. Talking about viewing figures, it's worth pointing out, and Jodie Whittaker does unfairly get a bash in here, but a lot of the Capaldi run was getting Ooh, three, the four million. They're, they're yeah, comparable, yeah. like they are nearly level. Mm. And oh, nearly yeah. every casual fan I know dropped off with Capaldi. Like Jared, who does this 
podcast with me yeah. and we talk about films and stuff. He got three episodes into series eight and was like, I'm done. Mm. He didn't, he couldn't get into that. Am I a good man? He couldn't get into it. My parents, they couldn't get into it. People I used to work with, they just haven't gone back since Capaldi, the early days. And I think series 10 of Capaldi, when I felt that they finally steered the ship in the right direction, yeah, just in time for him to it? be done, that was getting like <laughs> 2 million on some nights. Yeah, I don't think Jodie should have get the blame at all. It's it's the writing. Always has been the writing, mm. you know, uh, and same with Capaldi. The thing that I find with, that I find bizarre is, you know, because there were low figures in the Capaldi era, but the thing that gave hope was the fact that they cast a female doctor for a moment. And it had, for the first episode, 10 million, mm. you know, 10 million people tuned in. And it was really big. And I thought, this could save the show. Yeah. But then it, but then it lost them the next episode. Oh, you know, yeah. And I, yeah I, you know, and that was so crushingly disappointing that, you know, it just, as the series went on, the figures dwindled back to the level that it hadn't been saved at all. If it, it could, you know, if it was handled properly, handled better, it would have potentially, we'd still be having a flagship show that's worth going. Mm. We've talked about the change in viewing habits. We've got the iPlayer, we've got iTunes, we've got loads mm. of different ways of watching it now. But also in that time, there's never been a better time to be a geek. Like I remember in 2005, I think we had Angel had just ended, Supernatural was on, Star Trek had just ended, The Enterprise won. There, there was very few shows. If you were into genre TV, there was very few. And in the past like 10 years, we've seen Disney acquire Marvel and they've really built up the MCU and we've got all those films. And we've got all the Disney Plus stuff. Like, I'm watching Loki now, and I'm really enjoying it. And there, there's a lot oh, of God, yeah. parallels to Doctor Who there. The format's clearly working. I mean, everyone calling Loki a copy of Doctor Who is kind of annoying I've me. because that. I've heard that a lot. What's what's the similarities? A lot of people have said sort of tweet that went... Travel, isn't it? Time travel and stuff. But everything borrows from That's everything. It. Like, Russell T. Davis, that first series of Doctor Who is Buffy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That is in the mold of Buffy. And it's interesting what you said earlier about stretching out episodes. That happened with Torchwood, Children of Earth, which was a five-episode run that mm. run concurrently in a week and got rave reviews. Everyone mm. loved it. It was Torchwood for people who didn't like Torchwood. And it, it's massive. It's a masterpiece of television. RTD had an idea for a five-episode run for Series 4, the BBC said, we can't afford to make this. So they then got in Stars, and then Stars said, well, we won't make anything under 10 episodes. So then you got five episodes padded out. There are some really good episodes in Miracle Day, but there, there's a lot of filler. Yeah. And yeah, I do kind of feel that there's been this need to keep up with the 13 episodes. And I know Chibnall's got a lot of flack for taking it back to 10 episodes, but I actually think that's the right course of action. Yeah, I I, I... Yeah, agree. If anything, like we were saying, shorter because it has felt like he's. I mean, for example, you were saying there, Chris, ten million for that first episode. And I do think, in a way, that first episode is probably the best episode of her whole run. It's a great launch. You get introduced to all the characters, and then I don't think I've ever been as disappointed with the show as I was with episode two. Yeah, it was same. just nothing, you know, because because it was exciting them all like, and then they all went into space, and what an ending! Them, you know, floating in space. And then it was like, oh, well, now we're going to see these characters on a different planet interact with aliens and they're going to meet the TARDIS. This is going to be great. And it was just kind of sitting on a boat chatting for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it just, oh, just 
Chibnall overeggs the pudding. Like the Saranga conundrum's really good up until Brett Goldstein dies. And then I feel yeah. like there's just too many characters. Like Chibnall seems to get enough plot for about four characters and then he whacks in another 12 characters. Mm-hmm. A lot of his stuff is a rewrite away from being really good. Like the last special with Captain Jack, that's nearly a classic episode. Yeah, I, was re- I really enjoyed that. But you're right, there was just a bit like... Uh, I remember the bit with Captain Jack. I remember the Doctor. And then I remember Yaz. But I don't really remember what, what Ryan and Graham were up to. Because like we said from start, I still yeah. think four was overcrowded. I mean, they thought the show was overcrowded with, with three companions yeah. in the 80s, in the 1981 series, uh, season 19, I think. That was when you could have an episode that was four parts long, half an hour each, just technically two hours. And they looked at that and went, too many for three. But no, Chibnall looked at one episode, at 45, <laughs> and this is fine. I'll just whack them all in, get them all in there. And it's like, there's too many. Did you not learn anything from Andrick and Nissa and Tegan? Come on. <laughs> a show that manages it really well is Legends, but they've got 22 episodes to play with. See, there you go. It's, yeah. it's time, isn't it? And you just don't have it. And it's, yeah, you sort of have to let a couple, you have to give a couple, one or two characters the backseat while the other two step forward, vice versa, hmm. you know. But yeah, that, that, they seem to, yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. In, in no. And you got like you, you think Yasmin. That's an, there's an interesting character in there, and I look forward to seeing what they do with her. And then there's Graham and Ryan as well. There's an interesting story there. But really, we could, probably could have had Ryan and Graham and and the Doctor. That would have been fine. We'd probably been alright with that. Could have had Yaz and the Doctor. Would have been fine. And when those two left, I thought, oh great, we're finally going to get that kind of classic. <laughs> in, in comes John Bishop. It comes John Bishop. <laughs> hey, I don't know about Yush, but uh, John Bishop, I always think, sounds like a guy who's approached you in a pub. And won't leave you and your friends alone. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really like John Bishop. I, I love the guy. Yeah, so I think he's absolutely fantastic. But his podcast so is many... good. Yes, it is. He's very, very, yeah. very good. And you know, but he is, especially when he's got his hair quite long. Has he ever been in a pub one night? Well, I've been in a pub watching a game. Like, and if his leads are playing, this guy will pop up to you and go, "I'm from Leeds, you know. I am from Leeds." And you're like, oh, cool, yeah. like, "I'm gonna. If you want me to go, just say I'll go." You're like, well, just no, it's fine, mate. Nice to be look, don't just shake my hand. I'll buy you, and you know, they just don't leave you alone. <laughs> and that is him. So, I just wonder, I hope that's what his character is. I hope it's just Jody and things, just sort of awkwardly in the talis while he goes, Look, you want me to go? Shake my hand, apologize. That's the least you can do. It's the least you can do. But, Maybe that's um, how he got the job. Chibnall yeah. just felt like he couldn't say no. He's like, no, honestly, if you want me to go. Um, I've just realised, actually, with regards to sort of casting, we kind of ignored your question about uh, yeah. Ollie so Alexander. So would you reckon of Ollie Alexander? No, uh, no, not right for me. I mean, no, no, not that he's not a great actor. I thought he was fantastic in its sin. Two things. One, I think I saw that the original guy who asked him about playing the Doctor said it as a joke. Yeah, yeah what happens? Yeah, that, um, and that flagged up, didn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. an interview RTD gave to SFX because they recreated that Resurrection of the Daleks thing. So they interviewed mm. RTD about it to sin, and as a joke, RTD said that if he was still in charge, he would hire Ollie Alexander. And I think he's great in it to sin. Mm. But I've not seen enough of him to know if he's got the range. I don't it's, really it's, know any other role he's done. So no. sort of like you know, I. Yeah, you could be surprised. To be honest, I've not really watched it's a sin as such, so I've only gone by clips. But I've, 
not you know you can't base someone's performance on one thing i mean there was an episode i mean john sim it was in the cracker playing the playing a, a gay lover to oh, i forgot his name he was in game of thrones no he's the irish irish actor i think he's irish liam cunningham who was liam cunningham yeah and oh. and uh, you sort of look at that and you go you know, he's Sam Tyler. I thought he could play the master. I don't know. I, I do think his range is quite good, Ollie Alexandra. I remember him in Skins, Series 7. He I plays a kind of a stalker one, yeah. of Cassie. And he plays that very well as this kind of quite kind of creepy, slightly innocent but still creepy character. And I thought, actually, that, that role would be right for the Doctor. It'd be very young. But the problem is, I don't think it's always about acting with 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 Doctor Who I think it's sometimes the profile and I feel like you're too well known for something you shouldn't it's not right for you like so for me Alexandra is the lead singer of of years and years and that's what he'll always be known as he's he's years and years he's a pop star first and foremost he's a great actor but I just think it'll be it's too distracting having the leaders and this is just my opinion I know many people disagree with this but I just think if you have the lead singer of a band as the doctor it's just too distracting it's too distracting for me that you can't get lost in the character because yeah. he might be on he might be on tour or on you know at the same time you might get a doctor who video and then in your recommended you'll have you know um kings by years and years as, as a kind of a, a throwaway thing i just don't think it's right and i remember having this 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 argument over a few pints with billy when we were talking about the dream role to play doctor and he said rick Mail would have been the best ever at playing the doctor i'm not saying he couldn't have done it as an actor would have been an interesting role, but I just said it wouldn't work because he's too known for comedy. Yeah, he's he's the com- he's a comedian. He's the alternative. He's the young ones. He's bottom. He's Rick. He's Wick. Wick male. He's uh, he's flasher. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's that. And you couldn't put him in a role that iconic and make it work. Robert De Niro could play the Doctor, but he wouldn't work because it would be. Robert Robert De Niro from The Godfather, from Heat. It wouldn't be right. I think there has to be a certain amount of... You either need to be a nobody to play the role or you need to have be known almost first and foremost as a diverse actor. And that's like, you could argue... Yeah, that sort of bit part actor, you know. Yeah. Because before Capaldi became the Doctor, he was always... He was one of those sort of actors. Oh, that guy. I quite like... Yeah, I quite liked knowing that... He was my sort of supporting, my favourite known supporting actor, you know, whenever he yeah. popped up and so I go, ah, it's Peter Capaldi. Although I wasn't quite sure how to say his name, so it was like, it's Peter thingy. <laughs> and that's, that, that is the thing, it's, it is that, you know, the probably the most famous people to play are, are probably Jodie, Christopher Eccleston, Capaldi and William Hartnold and Patrick Trout. And you take those five actors, they're probably the most famous to have played it. Yeah, John's probably up there as well. But the, the thing is, is that, those five actors are kind of known for being so different. So Eccleston has played a baddie. He's played a, a comedy role in League of Gentlemen. He's played lots of different roles who are so different. He's played Jesus good. Christ as well. He's played Jesus Christ, exactly. <laughs> and it's the same with, with Troughton. Troughton could play bad characters. He could play good characters. He played bit roles. He played, mm. he was like appearing in the Avengers and things like that, you know. And then you have Capaldi as well. You know, he's done The Vicar of Dibley and played a very sweet, lovely man. He's played Tony's dad and yeah, in... 
Skins. He's been Malcolm Tucker, but he's also played, you know, who's really angry, angry Scotsman, you know, sort of thing. But he's also played really soft roles and really lovely roles. And sometimes, you know, he's played George Harrison. You know, you've got to be a diverse actor. Oh, yeah. But if he was in a role that he was famous for, where his catchphrase was, uh-oh, spaghetti-o, you're always going to know him as the uh-oh, spaghetti-o guy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the same way you couldn't have... um you couldn't have Victor Meldra as a doctor because everyone would be like, oh, here come the Daleks. I don't believe it. You couldn't have, um, you know, you just, there's certain characters who just wouldn't, sorry, certain actors who just doesn't work. I'm not saying that Ollie Alexander or Rick Mail or Michael Jackson couldn't put on a great performance as the doctor, but I just think sometimes the profile behind the actor is as important sometimes as the performance. There's, because if they come in yeah. and they're too well known, you put Peter Kay in there, he's he, a fantastic he's genuinely a fantastic actor Peter Kay a fantastic actor but if you put him in that role Phoenix Knights Car Share Garlic Bread would be too distracting for anyone to take the role seriously and I feel like if you take someone like Ollie Alexandra who as I said great actor yeah. It, the, the years and years thing. He's a, he's a pop star he's a, he's a musician first and foremost that's going to get in the way too much there's also that's- the brand and the image of the show and the BBC to put forward. I looked up Ollie Alexander's Instagram and he's shaved a G into his pubes and he's showing that off. <laughs> and I'm like, is that, is that really the... John Pertwee definitely did that. Is that really the image the BBC want for their doctor? And I know people could say, well, David Tennant got naked on stage. Jodie Whittaker got naked in this drama. And it's like, yeah, but they were in other productions playing characters you know, you're not going to go to David Tennant's Instagram for his podcast and see that he shaved a D into his his pubes. He's just not going to put that up. If John Pertwee had Instagram, he would have shaved all sorts into him. I've always quite liked the fact that most of the castings tend to be people I've not expected. Like when they announced Doctor Who is coming back, everyone immediately said Alan Davis, Bill Knight. I can't remember who else made the list. Alan Cummings. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. was on that list as well. And then they went with Christopher Eccleston, who I didn't really know at the time. I was too young to really know what else he'd been in. So I'd never seen Cracker and and so on, or Our Friends in the North. So I didn't really know who he was. And so it was nice to go in not knowing exactly who he was and then finding out everything about him afterwards, which was, mm. you know, which is what everyone does. After they see him, it's like, I'm going to check everything they've done now. Everything, absolutely everything. But, um, you know, and then you've got, well, David Tennant, I didn't really know of until the documentary, I think. I knew, the, I knew his name. He, he narrated the documentary the day that it aired. They did that. It's yeah. uh, odd, thing. isn't it? Yeah, he rated it, and uh, you know, and then I think like probably the next day or two, he got <laughs> he got to uh, announce that he did the job. But Matt Smith, you know, that came out of nowhere, and it was like everyone was like, "Who? Yeah, <laughs> who is this guy?" And they said, "This isn't Robson Green, you know, all these various, <laughs> which is always you know all these various different names that were coming around. always come up. James Nesbitt." Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even Jodie's casting, in a sense, because I thought that was still a nice touch because the thing I worried about, because I was I was against the sort of female doctor for a while because it seemed like a gimmick, the way people kept suggesting it. Like, it said, it has to be a woman now. It's got to be. And it's usually the same type of woman that they suggest. So I didn't mean Phoebe Waller-Bridge wasn't really on my radar at that point until much later. But, uh, you know, but people were like suggesting, you know, people like her, Helen Mirren, the proper feminist role models, 
you know, would be cast. And they were obvious choices if you were choosing, you know, almost like a tick box thing, which concerned me a bit. But they cast an actress who wasn't on any of those lists. And I was like, right, okay, we've got my interest now. So I've, I've liked being side-blinded by the castings of Doctors, mm. um, which is why I've never trusted when anyone ever announces anything at all. Yeah, it's, I know what you mean. The, 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 I mean, Chris Marshall, poor guy, has been, <laughs> he's been, he's been, he's been, you know, he's gone through the motions of being cast and not cast at the same time every Doctor that there's been for the last. It'd be great. Two, I watched him in Death in Paradise, and he's pretty much playing the Doctor there. Yeah, yeah, it would be good. But the poor um, guy gets told this. You know, he's always on the. Always, he, he gets brought up, thrown into the rig every time, and he just does nothing. <laughs> the other guy who I swear has been brought up every time, and will no doubt be again, is Peterson Joseph. Patterson Joseph. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Patterson Joseph. Uh, Patterson yeah, Joseph. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mine. Did you interview him? Not long ago. Um, I was meant to, but various things got in the way, COVID, etc. So hopefully we'll reschedule that. But it's interesting because he was I, rumored to be the one that was eventually Matt Smith. Like, yes. Everyone's and, and money Eccles, was on him. Replace Eccleston as well. Mm. I think he's been there every time. I'd, and if you do interview him, I'd love to know his thoughts on that. I did read an interview with him around that time. And he said he wasn't ready for that level of fame because he didn't want to not be able to take his kids to the park. Well, I bet, yeah. Um, it but, you know, his life, but... kids are now in their 20s, so maybe one day. He'd be great. He'd be I, I, I do feel for him, though, someone, an act like that being brought up every time. <laughs> like, like I, I swear, it's, it's, it's him, Patterson Joseph, James Nesbitt, and like you said as well, Chris Marshall. These names always come up. And it used to be, you used to get some, before they were sort of bigger than they actually were, used to have two actors whose names have complete James who's in Shameless and many, many other big films. James McAvoy. McAvoy. James McAvoy, he was in the early days, you'd get him. Ben Whishaw as well would get in the early days before they became like Holly obviously Hollywood mm. megastars. These people who could kind of appear in, in dramas at the mm. time, they were always under there. And it must be a strange thing to have your name thrown in the hat. But that many times, for those three specifically, Chris Marshall, James Nesbitt and Patterson Joseph, to be every time you to end up on these lists of, oh, he's could take over. It must be strange. It must be very strange. Yeah, Flattering yeah. that you'd be considered for one of the best British roles in, 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 in television. But yeah. yeah, it must be it must be a little bit disheartening as well to be known sometimes as the guys. So what are you going to be? the doctor and stuff and that might happen with ollie alexander now you know i don't want him to get it must be bad if because if he doesn't get the role i think people are going to maybe go oh what could have been and you might have been like this and you might yeah. be like, i just don't think you need that in your career is his agency put on a bunch of like doctor who pun related tweets and stuff on instagram afterwards <laughs> saying that he's not and that led people to think that he is going to be the next doctor because jody said that she wasn't able to even tell her agent that she'd been offered mm. the role so people are like, well, maybe his agent just doesn't know. Personally, I'm of the opinion that <laughs> Doctor Who is going to be rested after Jodie yeah, Whittaker. Yeah. I think she will unfairly get the blame. And, you know, it's going to be up in, the, up in the air as to whether we're going to get a 60th anniversary. I think for the past 10 years, we've all just kind of taken it for granted that we would get one. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, Who knows? Who's going to write it? Who's to, like, if I'm not too fascinated. You're not going to get all no. the Oh yeah, you're not going to get. Well, you probably might get Tennant. Yeah, you you might not get Capaldi. Potentially, you might. I don't know. I'd. It's just you're not going to get Eccleston either. 
you know, mm. and, we, and we know what caused that. And I ended up having John Hurt brought in that following weekend, you know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, if you want my prediction, mm. I think we'll have the next series and then that'll be it. I, I, I really can't see or like however long they're contracted to do I think that'll be it I don't think there's going to be a 60th anniversary special for a couple of reasons one I, I just think that even now I think Tennant would turn it down I think that gets to a certain age where if, if he's putting on the suit and same with Matt Smith is it you know do you really want to sort of look at pictures it's, it's the classic thing when they always ask Colin Baker they say do you want to do would you do it he said I'd love to absolutely would jump at it at a heartbeat if I could. But the only issue is, and he always grabs a picture of himself from the 80s and says, look at that. He says, you really want to remember this and have this walk out in that stupid costume. It'd be embarrassing. And I think that would be a thing. You know, tenants, you know, tenants and Matt Smith, both their careers have just rocketed since, you know, and they, they yeah. don't need it. And I think as much as they'd love to do it and much fun as it would be, I mean, you could tell tenant had an absolute ball on the 50th anniversary special. Yeah, but do you really? If you're in, you know, you're hitting fifty, and you're still putting on the suit you're wearing in your late twenties, early thirties. I just think it gets a point where it's not only embarrassing yeah. for them, but it's embarrassing for the fans. And it, I think we'd all love to see Tennant again. And so the, for that, and it's the same reason why we've seen this a lot recently. They're, they're doing a lot of anniversary shows. So two in my mind are, and I'm not saying one of these is, was great. The other one was terrible. Was the in between us had a 10 year anniversary and so <laughs> did Friday night dinner. And I think they all agreed they couldn't do an episode for it. So mm. instead they did a special. So therefore I think what we'll get is an extended documentary. Probably because the, the 60th almost coincides with a hundred years of the BBC. So yeah. I think that's next year. So maybe we'll get like a, a documentary or something. Interestingly, talking about David Tennant and his suit, he still has it. And he says that a couple of times each year, he puts it on to see if it still fits. And every yeah. time it still fits. <laughs> Did he put it on in one of the episode of that thing? I'm still watching the, the full series, him and Michael Sheen. No, Did, does think, he put it on in that no, one? He doesn't. He, he, no, did, he did a video call with James Corden for some charity thing and Jodie Whittaker That's was there and they were both in their costumes. That's what I'm oh, thinking of. Yeah. And it's like, so, but at the same time, he, you know, we all know what he looked like when he regenerated. Yeah. David Tennant. And you had to squint your eyes a little bit for the 50th anniversary. And it was still get to the 60th, possible enough, yeah. It's possible, yeah. absolutely it's possible. Same it. way as Troughton for the tenth anniversary and Hartnold, you know, on the screen and everything. But you bring him out in his fifties, yeah. it's just not gonna. It's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna quite be what everyone remembers. So I, I think an extended documentary, oh, definitely, with Especially a really in depth. Yeah, you get you could get Eccleston, you could get the remaining doctors, Eccleston, Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, Jodie, get them all in and really go into depth about the show and what happened and the history of it all. I mean, that would be re a really good. I think that's how they'll mark the 60th anniversary. If they do a drama, I, could, I don't know. I think it would have to be something very different. It would either be Jodie remaining in the role and they just do something. I don't know. But I, I, it's, it's going to be a strange one. I, I do think they shouldn't just bring back everybody. 
because it was good to do for the 50th, but it was it would be a real stretch now for the 60th. I also don't think, as we're doing predictions, I don't think they'll film a regeneration with Jodie. I think that the series will just end and they'll just, if they do bring it back, they'll probably just do what they did with Eccleston and bring in a new Doctor. Yeah, or like it will end with her doing the flaming glows and then... I hope not. You know, I, I really don't, because I think if you if you don't do that, you, you've kind of left it open a bit for maybe Big Finish or someone yeah, to say yeah. what happened next. And then you can kind of bring in Jodie wherever, really. I hope they I'm fed up with that as well. That that regeneration. I'd love to yeah. see one running generation that isn't done. Listen, like some they sort paid of a lot orgasm. for that Adobe fe- effect, and they are going to yeah, get did, their money's yeah. worth. Just have them lie down. I like the idea of them lying down yeah. and it being a peaceful passing. You know, like the first Doctor. Mm. I yeah, love yeah. that idea of you pass away and then you just become someone else. Not this giant orgasm. I do. I do up. like the spaceships and blows up the TARDIS. And yeah, just... I would like it if it was different for different circumstances. So if it was yeah. unexpected and violent, that's the the light beam. Anyway, guys, I think we've discussed this to death, and I think Chris <laughs> has to get off soon. So, mm-hmm. guys, have you got anything to promote? Chris, you put on a new We Sound Familiar recently. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. We 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 tried to do a sort of different structure to it this time, and the uh, second episode went out. Quite a good, a good laugh. I'm actually putting together another podcast. Which, yes, talk uh, about this. I, I'm really excited about. And so it's 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 a project, an idea I've had in my mind that you know I, I do the Patrick Trout and stuff, and you know I've always tried to recapture that sort of era and so on. And you know I don't think there's a, the idea of playing it f- for big finish or officially is on the cards anywhere. So I've come to terms with that. But I'm really interested in the other actors who do, like John Cogshaw, of course, does the Brigadier. You have Sadie Miller playing her, Sarah Jane Smith. You've got, and of course, my good friend Jonathan Carley, who's uh, playing the, the War Doctor, you know, which I heard the first episode of just earlier today, and it was really, really good. It's amazing. He sounds just perfection. I think he actually sounds better than every any time he's done it to me. You weren't paying, <laughs> but, mate. <laughs> no, that's that's the reason. Money. <laughs> We half ask it otherwise. But I, I just had this had the idea of interviewing these actors who continue the legacy like like I tried to do and just sort of find out, you know, where it started for them, what the where the voice is, you know, why that voice, you know, like would I'd love to know how, you know, why John John Carley happened to decide to do the war doctor and how that came to him. Did he practice for it, you know? Answer asking questions because and sort of comparing it, I suppose, to how I did it and the way I'd learned from them in a sense, and also other people who do impressions as well. Because we're not the only. There's quite a few big aspiration for people who want to do impressions of Doctor Who characters for some reason. So I thought it'd be a nice idea, and uh, we've got a, a couple of uh, guests lined up already, which I'll keep too much close to my chest until we announce it. But it's called More Than Just an Impression. Is what is it was going to be called, and it's going to be. We're going to do. I'm going to do uh, three, and then then eventually another three, and sort of do it in little batches of them. But I think it would be nice. So sort of, you know, I'd love to know how they how they do it. You know, I've got my methods, but what's their method? Yeah, and just because it's fascinating. I think that's a really great idea for a podcast. And I don't think anyone's doing it either. No, you know, <laughs> so it's uh, it's a nice idea to try and find out. You know. Where does John Col- John Colesaw picks up every voice just like that? I want to know, you know, you know, well, what is it about the brig? You know, how did that come about for him? You know, what point did they go right? Let's put the brigadier in in the big finish, you know, and and you know, the, was this signed off? You know, some of these performances happen to be, you, you know, they're done him out of respect, and where did they get authority to do it? 
you know, and I've not had any permission to do so. Which is, I wonder if that's maybe the reason I've not been on the cards to play him at all. Play Trout and, you know, have I not got the consent of the family or, you know, or, or anyone else? You know, there's so many good questions and it'd be nice to fight to hear about them and uh, get their side of the story, really. Excellent. I can't wait to hear it. Sam, you got any gigs or anything coming up? Oh, bless. I love this bit. Because uh, normally every time we put an episode out, I get about, I get a good few followers from the podcast and they all very quickly unfollow me when they realise <laughs> I just tweet about football. But yeah, I've got a few gigs coming up. Some of them have unfortunately been cancelled due to COVID situations and restrictions. Some shows with Robin Ince, supporting Robin Ince, comedian from the Infinite Monkey Cage that you might know with oh. Professor Brian Cox. So I was doing some shows with Robin Ince, or if you remember Ricky Gervais's old DVDs, the guy he relentlessly bullies on tour. <laughs> you don't know how hard it was to get. I've done one gig with him though, which was really good fun. So unfortunately, that's been and gone now. And you don't know how hard it was to gig with him and not go, oh, Robin, just in his <laughs> face. It was very hard. But other than that, yeah, I've got a few um, gigs out and about again, but nothing really now, Dan. You don't really know what's going to happen because yeah, yeah. every day I'm getting a text saying it's now moved to next week or week after or a month later and things like that. But but I'm going to keep going, hopefully work towards the first solo show for festivals next year. But other than that, yeah, just social media, at Sam J. Michael, if you want. Excellent. All right, guys, thanks for tonight. <laughs> really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> equipment used in the creation of this feature was purchased through a grant from Gray and the Paul Hamlin Foundation.